What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Beer Barrel Podcast. I'm your host, Norma Valfan, alongside my co-host, uh, Val Breaker, a.k.a. Tyler. Um, it's the week. It's the big week. We're talking Tennessee, Florida, week three, going to the swamp. Ugh, it's a huge game this this year for both teams, really. So um, we're going to get right into it. And uh, Tyler, I'm going to ask you, you know, what are some key storylines leading up to this weekend's matchup, you know, you have anything that stands out to you specifically that you might be, you know, worried as a Tennessee fan? If Cooper Mays is going to playing or not, I think that's the biggest one. You know, I, the way I look at it, and I don't know if you listened to Heupel's press conference, just the way he sounded, sounded like he was going to play. It did come off that way, you know, but Heupel's also one of those guys that, <laughs> you never know exactly what's going to happen because he may say one thing and then, you know, he could say everybody was healthy. Well, then come game time, we have like five guys that are standing on the sideline. You know, you never know really what's going to happen. But he did sound optimistic, and I like that he dressed out against Austin P. He, he was out on the field in the huddle during, you know, timeouts, anytime, anything like that. So I definitely think that we see him on Saturday. He may not be the first person that runs out there at center. I think Ollie Lane probably starts the game off, but I would say probably you know he gets a healthy rotation up into halftime, and then probably out of the gate at halftime, he's probably your guy the rest of the game. Now speaking of Ollie Lane, how do you think he's been performing? You are you comfortable with, let's say Cooper Mays doesn't play at all? Are you comfortable with him at center? Oh. Uh, I think he's been doing okay. You know, every it's kind of hard. You have to really go back and watch the game a couple times to watch the rotation of guys that they put in. And, you know, Dane Davis has also been getting a lot of snaps back there. And, you know, it's so that tells you who do they trust more. Do they trust Ollie or do they trust Dane? So, you know, I, I don't think he's been doing bad because obviously we've been able to run the ball, and that's a good thing. I've seen a couple plays where, you know, he's maybe whiffed on some blitzes, but – you know, the center in our offense is probably one of the hardest positions to be at. And you probably have to, even though, you know, they're big boys, you probably have to be the most conditioned on the offensive line. Right. And, you know, Cooper Mays, I mean, other than probably Joe Milton, knows this offense better than everyone on the team. And um, I honestly, and I'm not saying anything bad about Ollie, I think he's, you know, a good player. But, you know, replacing Cooper Mays is actually a really big deal. And a lot of, you know, I wouldn't say boomers, but, you know, a lot of people that don't really watch the game in that sense, like that closely, don't realize how important he is. So, um, yeah, it's, I think that's a really big deal. Um, but one of my key things is is probably it's just what, what Joe Milton do we get? And – you know, his whole big thing, I don't lose in Florida. I mean, that was a while ago, and a lot of people took it out of context, but, um, you know, he's got to back it up. And I just – and honestly, and I don't want to go back to the Austin P game because I kind of want to forget about it, but, like, to me, Joe didn't really play that bad. You know, um, a no, couple he, of he, his throws – go ahead. No, he, he made good de- – I think he made good decisions, and I think his odds were in the right place. And some of them, you know, they weren't great throws, but they were throws that were catchable balls by the wide mm-hmm. receivers. Um, but, you know, there also were some that, you know, he airmailed that weren't catchable because whenever you're throwing it five feet over a wide receiver's head and it's coming out of 100 miles an hour, you know, it's a little bit different story. You can't really 
blame him for not catching those, but there still were some very catchable balls that he threw. And, you know, I I think that when we get down there, I think you see a heavy run run game plan to start. And because I, I, I really feel like Florida is going to stack the box. I feel like they're looking at the game film. They're going, hey, we're going to make this guy throw to beat us. Can he throw and beat us? So I feel like they're going to stack the box. You're going to see a lot of blitzes. You know, you're going to see a lot of man coverage, one high safety, which is going to give us those deep balls that we haven't been able to see throughout the season when they're playing three high, two high. Right. And, you know, I just, you know, even watching, going back all the way to the Virginia game, like Joe played pretty well. And me and you, we were both at the game. I mean, like, I just feel like that Austin P game was a fluke. Like it just, I don't know what, what it was, you know, maybe first game, first home game jitters. I don't know what you want to call it, but like, I don't see that being this Tennessee team. The defense looked great against Austin P. They got tired towards the end, which they gave up that last, you know, little bit of a touchdown, but you know, um, defenses look pretty well. I think if I was Florida, I'm picking on Kamal Haddon. Like, I am throwing the ball. Whoever whoever he's on, I am throwing them the ball and just seeing what happens because he's either going to get the pass interference call because he doesn't turn around. And, you know, that's what I'd do. If oh, I were absolutely. Yep, yes, I agree. Graham Mertz is, is not good. And uh, I just – who knows? And their running back room is pretty good. So, I mean – but – Tennessee's defense, pretty good at stopping the run. Um, we can't be I having think, those tackles anymore. I think the one big thing to look at is, you know, going back and I watched the Utah game. I went back and saw clips of McNeese. I don't feel like Graham Mertz has a very strong arm. I don't think his ability to push the ball vertically is a worry for us. You know, he. I feel like they're – because Pearsall being their best wide receiver, he's still, you know, the furthest route that you may see him run. He may run a go, but Merch is going to throw it in that 15, 20-yard range of where he's at. So, right. you know, if we if we can eliminate those 15-yard in throws and make him have to have a route develop, one, I think we're going to get home on the defensive line. Two, I don't know if he has enough – enough zip or enough strength on the ball to get it that far without it hanging up in the air for a little bit. So I I agree in the fact that I think they're going to pick on Kamal Haddon quite a bit. They're going to try to throw those under throw routes to try to, you know, pull that penalty. But if I think I'm hoping that at the end of the Austin P game that Kamal Haddon learned, Hey, you get your head around, you make an interception, <laughs> you know, the yeah, math, yeah. the math is math. And at that point, so, you know, maybe, Hopefully he turned a corner in that. Maybe tomorrow tomorrow night we see a different Kamal Haddon that comes out and, you know, he, he's getting his head around, he's getting his hands up. Maybe, you know, maybe that was a turning point for him. Yeah, I completely agree because you can't be having those silly mistakes uh, in this game because after all, and I'm only saying this because it, it was against Austin P. but, like, if that offense plays the way it played – against that team, but we still get that defensive performance. This game's going to be a low scoring game and um, we can't be having those simple mistakes, you know, come back to bite us in the ass. 
And, um, you know, I just, I, like I said, I don't believe that this team is, is that team from last week. Um, I flushed it down the toilet. I'm sure you did too. Uh, a lot of, you know, the ball fans on Twitter need to forget about it and just, you know, stay positive. You know, this team is not scared of Florida. They're actually, you know, they know they're better than them because I think on paper they're better than them. And um, we'll see what happens. I don't know. But, um, you know, both teams, they did have, you know, rough starts to the season. I mean, yes, we're 2-0, and but, you know, Virginia game was fine. That was a good game. Wasn't mad about it. But the Austin P game, you know, showed kind of both sides of this team. It's like, hey, we could score. We could run your ball down, run the ball down your throat. And, um, you know, all high and dandy. But, and then Florida, they lose to Utah at Utah to a third string quarterback. And then they beat McNeese 49 to nothing, I think. But it's, it's McNeese. It's not saying anything. You're, you're, Everyone thinks you're going to beat that team by 50 points. So my question is, is what are the strengths and weaknesses of each team that could impact the outcome of this game? Uh, I, you know, I haven't, I didn't really get to watch the McNeese game. So I don't, I don't know where they stood defensively at that game. Um, but I would say if I had to go with a Florida strength, I would say that their strength is probably their freshman because they play quite a bit of freshmen. Um, Eugene Wilson, very talented receiver. Sorry, I had to mute my mic to sneeze there for a second. <laughs> uh, but Eugene Wilson's a very talented wide receiver, and they play him quite a bit. Um, they got a couple of freshmen on defense that they play because they, they did have a really good freshman recruiting class last year, um, and those guys had to come and help because they had a lot of de- departures. Um, as a weakness for Florida, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword, you know, it's the freshman at the same time. Now you're taking, you know, these new guys who have never been in an SEC game, who've never been under the lights of a primetime football game playing against an SEC team who had a fighting chance to win the SEC last year. So, you know, it's going to be, I feel like that's going to be kind of their, 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 weak spot and the factor of, hey, we got to play a lot of these freshmen that have never been in this situation. Are they going to respond well? Or are they going to fold? What's going to happen? And I think that we have to kind of attack that because we have a very veteran offensive line. We have a veteran backfield, veteran quarterback, veteran defensive line. You know, we got all these seniors and juniors that have been in these games who have been through it. They've, you know, so it's just another game yeah. for them. So I, you know, I think we have to come in and dominate in the fact of, hey, we've been here before. Some of these guys haven't been here before. Let's go in. Let's handle business like everybody knows that we can, and let's get out of there. Yeah, because, I mean, I was answering a guy on Twitter, you know, not too long ago, and he was asking, you know, you know how confident are these fans going to be or you know, how confident am I going to be when it's 90,000 people – blah, 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 here, you know, saying, oh, it's the swamp. But in all honesty, I think there's going to be a lot of ball fans there. Uh, I'm not saying there's going to be 50,000 ball fans, but, you know, it's it's just, to me, you know what this reminds me of, and I know you know what I'm thinking, but the LA game last year, 
Like no one, including me and you, thought we were going to go into LSU and beat them. No, I did not see that coming last year. <laughs> Especially yeah, so, when kickoff happened, I was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> yeah, you're just like, "Holy! Like, is this? Are we actually going to win this game?" Like, yeah, like, is this? But, um, <laughs> yeah, but when it comes to strengths and weaknesses, for me, it's just us for us and the Gators are the run game, and for a strength. I mean, when you have Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, and Dylan Sampson, I just, you know, it's going to be tough, especially with our high-tempo offense, to stay, you know, within the game for the Gators, um, which, you know, same thing comes on our end. It, I just, that's also a strength on our end, though, is our defensive line, like you said. And our you know our run stopping ability is really good. So if we take Florida's run game away, I just don't see Graham Mertz being uh, that. And don't get me wrong, we've been in the past. There's been plenty of you know those guys that become Heisman candidates for one day and just ball out. Hence Spencer Rattler from last year. Like you do, you never know what's going to happen, but I just don't see Graham Mertz putting up these crazy numbers to come in and beat Tennessee. I just don't see it. And I think our offense shows up this, you know, this week. And I I think they're pissed. I think they're really motivated, especially after that, you know, player meeting they had, I think they, you know, they're locked in. So I, you know, that's, that's just my opinion. (laughs) I mean, Historically, Tennessee has a bad, very bad track record of making a either a bad Florida quarterback or a backup Florida quarterback looking like a Heisman candidate. <laughs> For right. some reason, that we it has gone back ten plus years that this has happened. So I'm really hoping that this time we can go in there and make Graham Mertz look like a bad quarterback because I'm just being honest, he is a bad quarterback. He is, and and everyone knows that. But and and that's what I have trouble explaining to some you know Vol fans on Twitter is, and I'm not the guy to talk to because I was lucky. I, I I'm in the, I've only you know really been into being a Vol fan. You know I've I've been into it until about last year, and you know I just don't get it. I get it. We haven't won in 20 years, two decades long. We haven't won in the swamp. I don't give a shit about that fucking record. Like this 2023 Tennessee team is, is different. And I just think, you know, it's going to be a different ball game than people think. I think, you know, Tennessee has the ability and the talent to be able to go up, you know, two touchdowns at half or, you know, and that's what Tennessee needs. Tennessee needs to get, they need to go fast and they need to score first and they just can't get behind in this ball game. Yeah. You got to take the life out of that stadium pretty quick. Exactly. You need to be like, like if Joe Milton first drive goes down the field, scores a touchdown, you know, and I know that that stadium will be dead quiet. And yeah, it, if we're able to, if I'm hypo and I'm winning the coin toss, I'm taking that ball first. And if you, you can go drive that, yeah. And if you can go that first drive, go down there and make a statement drive and score. I think, I think the air will come out of that stadium because Florida fans are going to be like, oh, well, it's over. (laughs) 
Well, that's the thing, though, too, is a lot of Florida fans are looking at last week's game and saying, oh, they couldn't even – they could barely beat Austin P. There's no way they're coming into the swamp beating Florida. And honestly, that works in our favor because, yes. you know, Florida, even the players, I guess the players see the game, they're like, oh, they ain't that good. Like, we could beat them. You know, all that. it's just like that's the attitude you want the other team to have. Oh, for sure. And to where they come – we walk in and they're like, holy shit. Joe Milton's throwing an 80 yard bomb, you know, first touchdown pass to Dante Thornton. Who knows? And that's another weakness we have. I need Dante Thornton to be the guy we all thought he was going to be. And it's fine. He's learning the offense still, but he's got to turn it around, man. Guy's got the talent. He's got the, you know, the t- all the tangibles in the world. Just got to catch the ball. Because after that drop during the Austin P game, I don't think he came back into the game. But no, they they pulled him right after that. There wasn't really anything said as to why that happened. But, you know, it could have been one of those things that he came over the sideline with his head down and the coaches didn't like his reaction to it. But, yeah. you know, and like you said, Florida, you know, Florida sitting there saying you couldn't beat Austin P. Well, I think that also comes back around to, hey, some of those freshmen are going to start talking. Some of those freshmen are going to run their mouth out on the field you know, about that mind. game. Yeah, it, that's the thing is that's where that experience is going to come in to help us because those freshmen are, going, are saying, oh, you couldn't, you barely beat Austin P. You know, this is going to be an easy game for us. Well, you know, <laughs> that's not really how it's going to go. Yeah, and, this, and coming to my next topic, I mean, this game means a lot to some of these players, you know, especially, I mean, the rivalry between Tennessee and Florida is – if not the most, one of the most storied in college football. And this game means a, you know, a shit ton to fans and we hate each other. And it's just, you know, everyone's trying to choke each other out. Do you think it means like different attitudes come to this game? Or do you think these players really, I wouldn't say don't care about the rivalry, but like, they just say, hey, this is another game. Doesn't matter like who these guys are. Or do they say, hey, we're going in, we're beating the fucking Gators? I think the guys that were on the team the last time that we were down in the swamp have a bad taste in their mouth because it was Heichel's first year. Hendon starting in that game. They came in, they started hot. They were pushing the ball down the field, man. They were scoring, and then it just stalled out. And it was because you saw a team who was tired, who had no depth, who were just, you know, running to the ground because they had no depth. They had nobody to rotate in in that, you know, in that team because it was just, that was the departure year. That was who they took with them is who they had left. So I think some of the guys who, you know, battled through that were a part of that team. They got a bad taste in their mouth from that because they knew that they were capable of winning that game. You know, it just, the, it got the better, it got the best of them in the aspect of they just didn't, have a big enough team to give them the breaks that they needed. Oh, I completely um, agree with you. Yeah, so I, I think they come – people like Cooper, you know, McCullough, Omari, people who were there then are going to come in and be like, all right, look, let's handle business. Let's get this win. I don't think they're really worried about the streak. You know, to a player, you hear about it, you know about it. I don't think it's probably – I don't think it's at the top of their priority list coming in this game, but – they also know what it means to be ranked going into the swamp at nighttime and beating Florida. 
You know, because it, be yeah, people are gonna be. It's a check mark in the season. You got to beat Florida. You got to then go through Alabama. Then you got to go through Georgia, and they're looking at it as, hey, this is even though it may not be, the Florida's not as good as they used to be. It may not be as big of a game as it probably should be. Yeah, um, it should be. Yeah, they're still looking at it as, hey, this is the first check mark of the season. We got to get through this game right here. Well, this this is the game of the season because I think. Because if Florida loses this game, it's really not a shocker to most people. But like, if Tennessee loses this game, I just I don't know how the season's going to go. Because now, let's say hypothetically, South Carolina beats Georgia tomorrow, right? Yeah. Let's, let's say <laughs> that happens. That is definitely going to be a game that I will be watching. Oh yeah, let's say that happens. It you know, then the East is like, holy shit! Like, what's going to happen? Yeah. Like because. Then that would mean Georgia has a loss, Tennessee has a loss. We could still win the East, but like, if that don't happen, let's say which everyone thinks Georgia's going to blow them out. They're twenty-seven and a half point favorite, which is, you know, crazy to me. I think that's a free like bet to put on because I, I just don't see South Carolina losing by thirty. I just don't see it because Athens is not that, not that intense. Sorry, but um, you know. I don't know. The East could be a, a shit show after this week. Um, and I'm for it. I mean, yeah. obviously I want Tennessee to win, but... The SEC as a whole underperformed last week. It wasn't just Tennessee. Well, just, not only that week. I mean, like, look at the first week. I mean, no one blew anybody out. You know, no one really, we like... Only, we were the only one to be at an ACC team, I think is what it was. Yeah, you know, people are crazy. Uh, I don't buy the hype for Colorado, by the way. Um, I still think they're going to spank Colorado State this week. But anyway, oh, I, I gonna... think, yeah, I think Oregon will handle business yeah. oh, <laughs> next yeah. week. I, I think oh, yeah. Oregon's going to shut them up pretty quick. But, anyways, back to the Tennessee stuff. But um, anyway, the, we all know quarterback play, crucial, crucial thing in football, the most important. I want to talk about how do we assess the performances of both the quarterbacks so far this season and what do what should the you know what should us fans expect from them tomorrow when they get on that field I think as a fan base everybody wants to see Joe come out from I mean even from the Virginia game fans wanted to see Joe come out and sling it Joe right now is in a, you know he's got his accuracy problem so you're probably not going to see that. I think that you will see from us, you will see Close a, rain too. Yeah, you'll see a heavy dose of running the football, and I think you'll see more of those little screen pass just to get him in a groove. I hate him. I know, and it's it's hard to watch, but I think you'll see it to get him in a groove. And then, you know, you may – I say he'll probably get two or three deep shots by the end of the – by the end of half, – before halftime. But like you said, it's – there's, I think they said there's a forty percent chance of rain around game time. Uh, Damn so, Florida. yeah, I know. So, and you really don't know what Florida. There always is a chance of rain, so you really don't know what you're going to get. But they have to get him in a groove first. They have to get him seeing the ball. You know that he's got to see those catches first. We need we need Orange Bowl Joe Milton. Oh yeah, and I think he's capable of that. It's yeah, just dude, I, I don't dude, know. In in my personal opinion, Joe Milton has more talent than Hendon Hooker. 
Hennon Hooker just was the like a master of the game, man. Like the guy lived, breathed, and died, you know, Tennessee football. Couldn't he knew the offense better than anybody? And but Joe Milton, I mean, he has the talent. I think Joe needs to run a little bit more. Um, the dude's a, a brick shit house and is pretty pretty fast and you know maybe throwing he, in some of those I think he just gets in his head too much I think that after he sees that first ball that isn't you know where it needs to be he he I think I feel like he acts like everything's good but in his head I feel like he just gets this mental block and I think you know mentally he goes to a different place and then he's out of it for the rest of the game I think if he is a, if he's able to hit on his first deep ball, then you get Orange Bowl Joe Milton because that's essentially what happened in the Orange Bowl. You know, yeah. he threw a 25-yard touchdown to Brew for the first touchdown, and, you know, the rest of the game he's in sync, but he just got – he has to see that completion at a deep ball, and then I feel like for him that's like, oh, I'm. it's like him going, oh, I am good. I can do this. And then <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I am a potential top five pick. Like, because uh, – if Joe Milton balls out this year, I don't see him not being – I mean, how do you not? He's he's kind of a – I mean, I'm not saying he's as good as Cam Newton, but he reminds me of Cam Newton. The, his body, his his arm, I mean, he could run. He, you know, that's he's all I'm saying. Compar- he's very much compar- comparable to Anthony Richardson when it right. comes to – Right, that's another you know, So he has but, the, he has the all the ability in the world to do it. It's just he has to do it. Now – Talking about Graham Mertz, I mean, I'm not – obviously, it's hard to, you know, really talk about it because, I mean, he is a Gator and we hate him, but I just don't see him being that guy. And like you said, I mean, in the past, backups and, you know, bad quarterbacks have, you know, balled out against Tennessee, but I just don't see it, man. Like, they don't – the past two games, I haven't seen anything that really stood out that I was that I was like, oh my god, like that's going to be a problem for Tennessee, especially with the way the defense has been playing. I just our linebacker room is playing phenomenal, even with those you know two younger guys, especially Carter. I mean, I've seen a couple missed tackles by Carter, but other than that, I mean, the kid's playing well. Um, our front seven, Norman Lott, is a beast. I, I love him. Um, I think uh, James Pierce, Roman Harrison, uh, Joshua Josephs are going to get to this, get the Mertz easily. And it's all about, you know, finishing those tackles. You know, I think it was last year, like, uh, one, I think it was during the Alabama game where we got through the backfield and um, what should have been a sack, we missed the tackle. You know, we can't have those tomorrow because. You let Mertz get out, and I'm not sure. I don't think he really is, but I, I'm sure he's not afraid to run, and we can't let that happen. We can't let him get those six, seven-yard little quarterback runs that should have been sacks. So that's just my opinion. I just don't see Mertz being that guy. No, and I I like the aspect because whenever you have a good front seven like that, you don't have to worry about incorporating so many blitz packages. And – when you don't have to do so many blitz packages, another team doesn't know when it's coming. And you have that element of surprise because on right. film, they're going, Hey, they've only blitzed four or five times in the last two games. 
there's no telltale sign on when it's coming. Because whenever you're rotating in, hey, this is our run stopping group. Hey, this is what we this is our rabbit package. This is where we're coming after you. You still don't know where in that that blitz is coming from. And it's and I feel like it's always that delayed Aaron Beasley blitz. And then right up the middle. Yeah, and then every now and then you'll get that safety blitz off the corner with Wesley Walker, which is killer. Oh yeah, dude. Ugh. I, I think, and this is just me, I, I think Mertz is going to end up on the ground five-plus times tomorrow. And Oh, I, I agree. I do not think their offensive line is that good. Uh, he was on the ground way too much against Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong, Utah has a good defensive line, but I don't think Utah's defensive line is as good as ours. Right. I think our defensive line is one of the top teams in the SEC, and which means we're a top in the country. Um, but anyways, I mean, Tennessee's we're going back to Tennessee's offense. You know, they've shown improvement under Hypel every single year. You know, what do you you know, what do you expect Hypel to do tomorrow? Do you expect him I mean it all depends on weather, but do you expect I mean, we talked about it earlier. I mean, you said you expect the run. I mean, do you do you see him opening the playbook is what people were saying? which I just don't get. I just don't see them hiding plays. I think, I guess they were a little vanilla. Like they were just being kind of conservative, maybe not to hurt people, but like, I just don't, I don't I get there's that a difference in hiding a playbook and just not calling certain plays. Right. Because everything's based out of formations for him. I don't think he's been trying to hide the playbook. I think he's just taking what he's given because when you're playing teams that are playing, you know, three high, two high safeties, the, those routes on the sideline are not going to be there. They're oh, they're over top of you. They're going to make you throw it underneath. He's just throwing what's given to him. Whenever you're playing that, those little screen routes, that's what you're given. That's what's going to get you yards. Yeah, it's, it's hard to watch because you're like, dang, I feel like we're just constantly doing that. But when we're getting four or five yards a throw doing that, you're moving the ball to the field. And well, ultimately – game. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like this game, you're going to see more of Jalen Wright with the football in his hands. I feel because, you know, they've been trying to divvy out the carries. But when it comes down to it, I think that you will see Jalen Wright take more of the workload this game. I I completely agree. I mean, Jalen Wright has earned that the past two weeks. I mean, dude's dude's stats are unreal. And I believe I believe in him. I mean, the dude is a dog, bro. The guy is just knows how to run the football, and I'm not ever afraid when he has the ball. Um, same thing with Jabari and Dylan Sampson, man. Like I said, having a three-headed monster in the backfield, I mean, it's it's hard not to run the ball. I mean, everyone at this point knows Tennessee is a run-first offense, but with what you were saying, with having that one safety you know, high up like that and kind of forcing that man-to-man coverage, ah. I don't know if Florida like if they do that at the beginning of the game. If I'm hypo, I'm throwing one deep right at the beginning. Maybe get the momentum going. But that is oh, like if, the he, if he gets that look, if he gets that look, you can guarantee there's a deep ball coming. Rain, sleet, snow. If he gets one high safety, the deep ball is coming. Yeah, because I just don't see, especially if you have four wide receivers out. I, I just, I just don't. If you stack the box with four wide receivers for Tennessee, that's what we want. It's what we want, especially with, 
you know, Dante Thornton, Squirrel White, Brew McCoy, and Ramel Keaton. Because after last week, I guarantee, this is my personal guarantee, that that is not going to happen tomorrow. And probably two of them are going to have massive games. Because if it were me, I'm coming into that game tomorrow pissed. And I'm playing my heart out and showing people like, hey, it was that one week fluke. Don't worry about it. We're fucking here. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think everybody's due, all the wide receivers are due for a big game. And, you know, this is the game that it needs to happen. This needs to be their breakout game that goes, hey, we're here. We're, we're dogs. We're, you know, we're elite guys. And all and they it, are. All it, they all yeah, are. Really, I mean, it just it just takes that one catch. Make that one catch and, you know, faith's restored. It's just whenever you get a bad taste in your mouth, whenever we can't catch a football. So, you know, it, it's an easy fix, and I feel like it's an easy fix for them. I feel like, like you said, I feel like last game was a fluke. I feel like, you know, we probably came in, didn't really care that much. They were just, Austin you know, P wanted yeah. to play. Oh, yeah, they, they came ready to play, and I don't think we came ready to play. But And we're coming think, ready to play. I guarantee you this oh, team yeah. is fired up. Yes. And, you know, going to the defensive side of the ball, you know, and I want to talk mostly about the Vols. You know, is there really anybody the Vols should be worried about on Florida's end? I mean, um, I know Purcell is a good wide receiver. Then again, you got to think about who's throwing to him. Um, obviously, Mertz is a D1 quarterback. He's bad in our eyes, but, I mean, to be in the spot he's in, he can't be terrible, okay? So what are, you know, what defensive guys for the Vols do you have standing out this game? Like, what needs to happen? Uh, I think it's going to come down to how often does Florida rotate personnel on their offensive drives, and because obviously their strength is in the running backs, so I'm curious to see, you know, how many how many plays do they go before they start rotating in another person if they try to keep our big boys out on the field as long as possible? Or, you know, do they go three plays, Montreal Johnson, and then boom, here comes in ETN. Well, that's, you know, that's good for you, but at the same time, now you're giving us fresh legs. So I feel like the defensive line is going to be the group that I watch the most this game. Well, it's, I mean, a lot of people think it's going to be a defensive game. If Tennessee's offense shows up, this should, should be a blowout. That's all I'm saying. I mean, with the way the defense has been playing the past two games and I get who they were playing, but you know, if the offense shows up and gives us even 35, 35 plus, I just don't see Florida being able to keep up. I just don't. I don't either, and I feel like the defense is due for a really big play, so don't be surprised. And I'm kind of, I guess I'm going to kind of call a shot with a hot take. I think that our defense ends up getting a touchdown. You know, I was thinking the same thing, and I think I'm going to call on who's going to get it because he is due. Okay. my And I'm going to feed off that little hot take. Gabe Judy Lolly has been playing like absolute shit the past two games. I think this is his game where he gets that, you know, one play, even if it's not a touchdown. But 
I think he gets that one interception to where it's like, oh shit, like I'm actually good. Relax. You had two bad games. And I think he, you know, opens up to where he's a pretty good, decent backup cornerback coming in. And I'm right, I'm right there with you, man. I think that's that's very possible. I'm gonna go if somebody's gonna score, I think I'm gonna go Wesley Walker as my guy because that dude can read Wesley a defense. Walker, yeah, he he can read a defense. He you can tell he watches a lot of film because especially on third down offense, I feel like he state I feel like he is in the film room watching third down offenses so much because if you watch he knows what's coming. He is in the spot. He knows if it's coming to his side. And I feel like if we have a defensive touchdown, I think it's gonna come from him. Yeah. Either that or either that or he's gonna cause the reason for us to have one. Yeah, I mean it's very possible, man. I just I and my my kind of hot take is I think Mertz has two interceptions. I think I think this crowd, even though it's a home game, I think the pressure of this game gets to him. Oh, I agree. I feel like he is definitely I hope that he is underprepared and not realizing what we have as a front seven. And I feel like by the second or third time they're in his face because our guys it doesn't matter if they get back there and you throw that ball, you're still getting hit. Like oh, yeah, face 100%. mask is still in your chest when you're throwing that football. So I think by that second or third hit, he's going, Oh shit, these guys are coming and you're going to start seeing that affect him because all it's going to take is that one big hit that he takes when he releases the ball. Well, now he's timid. Now he's late on the throw and there's where your interceptions come into play. Yeah. All right. Now I want to, we'll do a little quick thing. Each, each spot on the defense, defensive line, linebacker, back or, you know, defensive back. I want you to pick one from each category. That's going to be the guy for each spot. Okay. But, on the defensive line, defensive line, you can't use Big O, can't use Aaron Beasley, and you can't. Uh, we'll say Wesley Walker since you already talked about him. So who's who are your uh, guys that will have a pretty good game or a great game in their aspect? Defensive line, I'm going James Pierce. Um, linebacker, I'm going to go Elijah Herring, and then secondary. Uh, I think I'm going to go to Mary McDonald. Another one. I really enjoy watching play football. Um, what, what, what's your reason on James Pierce? And I'm not doubting him. I think I, yeah. I'm, I'm on, I'm on board with you, but he is a very long athletic player. He's quick off the snap. He has the pass rush ability. We've seen it already. I think he is going to get to the football a lot because I'm, I'll have to look, but I'm pretty sure that they have a young right tackle and eat him up. Yeah. I, I think his speed is something that I think that edge speed is going to be something that they haven't seen yet because Utah had, you know, they were more of a, a bull rush type of defense. I don't think they've seen this speed yet. And I think it's going to shock them. Oh yeah, I agree. I think him and I think, I think even, you know, even with the low, I think he had a pretty low number of snaps last week, but Roman Harrison, I think, I think Roman Harrison is going to be the same way. I think he's going to come hungry to play. I think he's going to get to that quarterback a couple of times, not saying sacks, but he's going to pressure him a little bit. Um, I agree with you on Elijah Herring. I think, you know, 
the kid could ball out. I ain't worried about him. He's a dude. Um, cornerback, though, I'm going with Danico Slaughter. I think you put Danico Slaughter on uh, Ricky, and you got to shut him out. You got to control the game and then let your second best wide receiver beat Kamal Haddon. You can do not put Kamal Haddon on, on, on Ricky. That's all I'm saying. I just don't think, I think we might get bullied if, if that's the case. I feel like we're, I feel like we'll see a lot of a zone defense Saturday night um, and try to make him try to make Mertz throw to an area, not a person. I feel like they're right. going to try to make it to where he has to fit it. All right, what were you saying? He's definitely he's got a. They're we're going to make him fit it into a pocket. You know, we're I don't think we're going to let him. You know, go one on one matchups. I I think we do see it quite a bit, but I feel like because we have such a good pass rush that they're they're going to make him try to hit an area and let our pass rush get home. So. You know, and I hope another thing that we practice for and take into account is they love to do do those end rounds with Eugene Wilson for his speed. So you know, right. you may you may see some you know reverses. So I really hope our backside defense stays home, make sure it's not coming our way. Because another thing, I think you might see a little bit of an RPO offense too. I agree, and this leads into the you know. The next thing I want to talk about, the atmosphere, all right, coming into the swamp. We know it's going to be electric, especially being a night game. How how do you think the home field advantage will play a role for this matchup? Do you think, like you said, I mean, we got seniors coming in, juniors coming in. They've been in these games before. A lot of them played, like, even in the Alabama game last year. That was a huge game. I don't think this game is that big, like, that to the Alabama standard. But, like... What do you think, you know, visiting Vol fans should be prepared for with this matchup? I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to down Florida in the aspect of, you know, the swamp because the swamp is the swamp. You know, it's it's still going to be a hostile environment. It's a night game. And, you know, it's those are the games that fans want. They want that under the lights atmosphere of the SEC game. They got that. So, you know, I, I feel like the fan base is going to be pretty rowdy. I think that we are going to definitely travel well. I know of oh, yeah. ten I know ten people that are going down there at least that well, I, I know to. I know probably triple that. And <laughs> each one of them has been telling me that the airports, the interstates are just flooded with Tennessee Orange. Yeah, I, I feel like we're gonna travel really well. Um but like I said, the swamp is so swamp. It's still gonna be hostile until we can take the air out of them. Oh, I agree, and, you know, I just, we're getting to our predictions later, so I'm not going to bring it up now, but, you know, let's talk about the special teams, and I'm more, you know, this is my hot take, and we're going to talk, I really want to know, you know, how can, the special teams, can they, they can really affect close games, okay, but I'm talking about Tennessee's unit specifically, you know, we all know how D Williams can play. And I truly think D Williams gets a, you know, a punt return this game. Yeah. I mean, it, it's possible. It, I don't, I feel like it's going to be tough because I feel like 
teams are going to do their best to pin him toward that sideline as much as possible. You know, I, I think you're going to see – I don't think you'll see so many straight-ahead kicks to him. I feel like yeah. they're going to want to hug that sideline a lot, and I feel like that's probably going to be the game plan going forward for if they have to punt to him. But at the same time, it's uh, Sunbelt Billy, so also don't be surprised as if you don't see like them go for a fourth and seven on their own – 30 you know what i'm saying like this dude he knows he's on the hot seat he knows he's got to make something he's got to win yeah and i feel like that might come to bite him in the ass in this game because i feel like he is going to try to outstretch their abilities in some situations and it's going to make him look stupid and tennessee's defense been playing really well on third down yes and even fourth down so it's i i hope he does that oh i do too and like i said i you very well could see it happen because like we were at the game last year when he did it, you know, you're yeah. the first drive, you know, the first drive of the game for them. You're going down. You have a clear field goal that you need to take. There's no reason for you to go it, go for it on fourth and five. You know, just kick the field goal, take the points. It's the first quarter, and he tries to run an option with Anthony Richardson. Like, dude, <laughs> what, what? Who made that decision? <laughs> yeah, and that was a huge momentum, you know, change for the whole game, and. I was arguing with someone on Twitter right before we even hopped on here. We dominated that game. We gave the game late, you know, after the onside kick and all that crap. They, you know, made that little comeback at the end. But Tennessee dominated that whole game. Like, I I wasn't worried during that game until the end. And um, speaking of onside kicks, also don't be surprised that if he has to kick off to open the game, he doesn't start out the game with something like that. Because I feel like he's gonna try to be Sun Belt Billy and play Beamer Ball at the same time. Eckler's <laughs> gotta be ready for that, dude. Oh yeah, I, I, I'm not worried about it. That I'm, I don't I'm think worried. he does yeah. that. Because right possible. there, every you think about all the Florida fan. If we recover it, which we probably would, but like if if we recover it, oh my god, Florida Twitter would go fucking nuts. Oh yeah. Without They'd be like, are you kidding me? Like, first game of the, the whole game, and you're going to do that? Like, yeah. But anyways, let's get to the next one. Um, what are the keys to victory for both teams? Are there specific matchups or game strategies that will be pivotal for Tennessee and Florida to come out on top? It's going to come down to who – for this game, it's going to come down to who wins the line of scrimmage. You have oh, to yeah. Dom, you have to dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball because I feel like we're going to be run heavy, so our offensive line is going to have to dig in. You know, lock on your blocks. Don't whiff on blocks. And on defense, you, John I Campbell's got to play bully ball. Yeah, and on defense, we have been setting the tone. We've been moving the line of scrimmage. You know, when the ball snapped, we're knocking them two, three yards back. And I feel you had to come in. You have to have that same mentality. You have to set. You have to create your new line of scrimmage when that ball snapped. Right. And I think I, that's the keys for us. See, and I. I I was going to say the same thing, but I'm going to switch my answer just to be intriguing. I think it's – I'll change it to the quarterback play. I think if we get the Graham Mertz from the Utah game, I don't think we lose this game, and it's not even a close game. Um, because I think even with Joe Milton's struggles, this offense is still going to move, especially with Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, and Dylan Sampson, and the wide receivers we have. Offensive line is, you know, all pretty much all seniors and juniors. 
they've been there before. I just, like I said, if Tennessee scores 35 plus in this game, I'm not worried at all. I don't think, I just don't see Florida scoring 40 points against Tennessee. So, that's honestly, my, yeah, I feel like it's going to be tough to score 40 points on us for any team this season. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you if you've seen like even Georgia's been having struggles, they struggle in the first half and then they just blow out a team in the second half. Yeah. So it's like, and you can't be doing that against Tennessee because we'll be scoring probably. So yeah. we'll see. But um, we'll end it off here with with predictions. I mean, who do you think is going to win this game, and what's your score prediction? Uh, I feel like it is going to be. Let's see. I'm gonna say thirty-eight to thirteen, Tennessee. Ooh, I was not expecting that. I, I wasn't. think I think a majority of Florida points are gonna come off field goals. See, and I don't doubt that um, with the way the defense has been playing. Um, if our offense and shows you can't up, hold it, if you can't hold it against me, that if they rotate in younger guys at the end of the game. Like trash points don't count. <laughs> I I'm taking the points from the time that we know the game is over. <laughs> so you so you're betting six and a half. Oh yeah. You think that's free? Yes. Oh, <laughs> that's a hot take. A lot of people have been like saying, "Oh, I'm taking the points." Like I've been seeing like crazy scores. I've been seeing twenty-one to seventeen. No, like, dude, these I, low, I, think, I just don't see it. I think you hammer six and a half. Oh, I already did. I'm not saying I didn't, but I'm yeah. just saying I'm just saying a lot of people are like the complete opposite of us, you know. Yeah, like because like, oh. I I don't think the line, especially with the with the chance of rain, I don't see the line moving at all. And I have already hammered six and a half. Oh yeah, I might. I, to me, I think as it gets closer to game time, it might go even further down. If it if it comes to game time. And the weather is cleared up. I think that the most that you see it go up to is maybe seven and a half at most. That would be like a huge jump. I see. I think it goes to like four and a half right before game time. Think so? Yeah, and it's not. It's not really a shot at Tennessee. I think it's just a. I think it's a money grab type thing for these big, you know sites you know but before i said lastly i know that was our last thing i'll I'll put my prediction after we're done with this but you got a couple of people on twitter that asked you know their questions uh for this game so uh kentucky plug he asked who gets the most touches in the running game i guess he's talking about tennessee um but we'll go for both teams who who gets the most touches for florida and who gets the most touches for tennessee uh, for Tennessee, it's going to be Jalen Wright, and I think for Florida, it's going to be Trevor Etienne because they're going to try to. I feel like if they're going to try to run the ball, they're going to try to get it to the outside as much as possible. Okay, I mean, I agree. Uh, Glock Vols, he wants to know what well, kind of goes with this question, but who has a better running running back room and why? Uh, I think. I mean, personally, us statistically, also, I think it's us. I just feel like we have, we have the, you know, they have a one-two punch where you know they've got Montreal Johnson who's going to you know get the dirty yards, and then they got Etienne who's the speed, 
well, you know, we've got strength, strength, speed, strength and speed, you know, like yeah, our guys, letting that happen. Yeah. And you know, it's just outside of Jabari small Jabari can also still have that break breakaway run. You know, he's probably going to get tired on the back end of it, but you know, all of our guys can, you know, get those grinding yards, but can also hit a hole and be gone. Oh yeah. All three of them. So, so there's your answer, Glock. I, I agree with him. I think we have the better running back room. No, no hate against Florida. I think no, the they have good running, running back. back. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just, we have a three headed monster over here at Tennessee and they're hard to stop, especially Jalen Wright. Jalen Wright has, earned the respect that he deserves because he is balling out. And I think he's going to ball out tomorrow night. Um, anyways, uh, Corey BBN, um, asked, are both fan bases freaking out about quarterback play too early? Saw both Tennessee and Kentucky fans freaking out over quarterback play last week. Seems really early to think that way. What do you, uh, think? Uh, I think Florida has more to worry about than we do because, you know, if we have to turn to somebody, you know, if we had to turn to Nico, I don't think we're as nervous just because we know we're not redshirting him. We know he's a stud. You know, even if he comes, you know, there there really isn't a bar of expectation for Nico because if you're having to play him, then you're already going, okay, you know, we're letting him get his shot. We know that he may not be the best, but, you know, he's got to get his experience. Right. But we have that backup that we can go to. I don't think Florida has that backup that they can go, hey, we need a guy that can come in and at least, <laughs> you know, at least make a five-yard pass. I, I feel more comfortable if it has to turn to backups that I feel I have more confidence in us to win that game if it turns to that. I agree. And, I, you know, I'm assuming your your answer is yes, it's too early to, you know, Yeah, think. I think it's too early for us. Florida, I understand because – you know, they it, their quarterback situation was a question mark coming into the season. Ours wasn't. So Who's I feel like quarterback. I'm not even sure. I'd have to look. See, and that's a bad thing. Yeah. But um, you know, I'll answer that too. I think it's way too early. I think people are freaking about freaking out about Tennessee's offense way too early. Um, I mean, you look back to you know, last year, we went into that pit game, everyone was like, Oh, you know. Same old, same old Tennessee. And then after that pick game, it was like full on pedal to the floor. No one could stop this offense. And it's last year's team. I get it. But you got to look at it that way. You just don't know. You don't know until the game's over, man. Like it, it, you really don't. And even uh, I'll even touch on Devin Leary. You don't know. It's only week two. Well, technically week three now. I wouldn't sweat it. You guys had a Kentucky had a bad game as well last week. I just don't see, you know, I'm not gonna say Kentucky's gonna be a 10 win team after that week, but I wouldn't sweat it as much than what people are freaking out about. Same thing with the Joe Milton thing. I just don't don't sweat Joe. Trust in him. He is going to be fine. I'm not saying he's gonna be a Heisman trophy candidate anymore, but you know. He's going to shock you. He's got the ability. You just got to calm down and settle in. He's from Florida. I ain't worried about it. He's going to have a lot of family there. A lot of Vols fans are going to be there. I'm not really worried about it. No, I'm, I'm not worried about it in the slightest either. I think he 
think he's going to get the job done. Like you said, I don't know if necessarily a Hosman candidate, but I feel like he's going to do what's necessary to win. All right. We got a last question, Ball for Life. Um, Half of it's somewhat of a uh, troll, half of it's not. He says, why does Florida sit down the P? Um, How much do we win by over under uh, Napier has a fit? And how many Vols will be at the game? I will let you take this one first. Okay. Well, I can't tell you why Florida sits down the P. I can't. It's just a, you know, they're weird down there. But anyway, um, how much we win this by, in my personal opinion, and I'll, I guess I'll roll into my prediction for the game. Um, I think we win this game 42 to 21. Um, I think the offense shows up. The defense is the normal defense. I think that 21 is that, like, like you were talking about Tyler, the, the trash points at the end of the game. Um, I just, now the over under for the Napier has a fit thing. I think he's going to have, he's going to have to put on a show for Florida when it comes to acting like he's upset. It always happens. I mean, look at Nick Saban during the Tennessee game. It happens. Um, and when it comes to how many Vols fans go to the game, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler. What are they, they hold eighty eight thousand over there? Uh, I believe it's close to that. Yeah. So we'll say we'll say ninety thousand. Uh, oh God, I think in my opinion, I guess it's gonna be roughly fifteen thousand, twenty thousand fans. I think I think Vol Nation's gonna show up from what I've heard and how many Vols fans are seeing Vols fans around Florida. And I think there's going to be a crap ton of people kind of like the LSU game. I don't remember. I don't know if you can remember Tyler, but how many Vols fans showed up to death Valley? There was quite a few. Like, I don't think death Valley put a cap on how many tickets could be sold to Tennessee fans. And I don't know if Florida did or not. I would assume that they probably did. Uh, but I don't know. I don't, I doubt it because like they knew they were going to be bad this year. Yeah, it, there's no telling what they did. But my my thing is is how how it, it if this game was in Neyland, this game would have been sold out three months ago. How do you just sell out? What yesterday or the day before? Like how is that like an actual thing? Yeah, it, it's just because they Florida fans don't know what's they. Don't know what to expect. They're kind of shell shocked too, because you know nobody wants to go s- spend the money on a team that's going to get blown out. And which I think some of them think that's what's coming. Well, and that's why I say like fifteen to twenty thousand volumes. Yeah, I, I think just from seeing Twitter alone, it's people are bringing parties of ten, parties of fifteen, parties of twenty, like. They're going as like a big family. Even groups of five are going. Like you said, you know, 10 people are going. Like I even wanted to go. It's just, you know, if I had to go to a away game this year, it'd probably be in Tuscaloosa because it just means more. Um, that's just me. Um, but yeah, uh, any last minute thoughts? You got any uh, like kind of a hot take? I know you said one before, but do you have any more hot takes? Oh, uh, I. I think I think my wide receivers. I, I think Brew will have a big game because they're gonna to get Joe in rhythm. I think they're gonna go to a dependable guy. 
I think yep. Brew has a big game receiving. I think Jalen has a big game running the ball. Defense, I think, comes and makes a statement that they are the best in the SEC. Uh, I don't. There's not. I mean, there's not too many hot takes on this game because you know these guys. The unknowns, man. These, yeah, these guys perform, and you know, I'm not. I'm not really doubting any of them. I agree. I just so many unknowns. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm it's not really worried about I'm it. I'm definitely going to be nervous at kickoff. I, I know, oh, yeah. like I, I'm confident in their ability, but I'm still going to have. I'm still going to be a little nervous at kickoff. Well, that's why I'm excited. I'm going to the night at Neyland. It's because I'll be around hundreds of Vol fans watching it. Yeah, and we could all suffer together if everything goes wrong, and then we could all party together if everything goes right. Yep. So, you know, but I just want to leave. We'll end it off with this hot take. I promise. My hot take: Joe Milton has a fucking day. He has a four-touchdown day. Hence the rain. If it rains, I, I, I take this back. But I think if it holds up, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, 265 yards for uh, Joe Milton. And if he has that game, people are going to start to worry. That's true. All it- if Joe has a really dangerous game, then you're going to see some people go, well, they might have a full team this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, think people are going to start, you know, talking about Tennessee a lot. And kind of, I'm hoping, you know, kind of waves off this whole Colorado bullshit. But yeah. anyway, um, but yeah, everyone, uh, we appreciate you listening to this uh, podcast for the Tennessee Vols versus the Florida Gators in the swamp. 7 o'clock Eastern. It's going to be a fun one. Going to be a sweat. If you haven't, you know, sm- you know, smack the like button, subscribe button. It's all free. Do it. Um, also, if you haven't hit the 6.5, go hit the 6.5. I think Tennessee is going to have a have a ball tomorrow. Okay? But um, I'm your host, Norma Ball Fan. That's my buddy Tyler, a.k.a. Ball Breaker. We hope you have a good one. Go Big Orange.